Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles this evening to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And give me an amen once you are there. And Father, we are grateful again for your mercy, your love, and your grace. You are the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob, the God of the Apostle Peter, James and John, and the Apostle Paul. And Lord, we're here this evening in your house in the wonderful name of your Son, Jesus Christ who you gave for our lives, for our sins on the cross. He bore our sins, and because of that, we're here. And on the third day, you raised him from the dead, and he's at your right hand. And because of that, we're justified, Lord, as if we've never sinned because of his blood. We thank you tonight, Lord. We thank you for the year that you have given us, Lord. You crowned it with goodness and blessings, but it had its trials, and, and yet, as you say, that these trials that we go through, they strengthen our faith, and they draw us closer to you. So we're grateful, Lord, for the family of God that, that we have here with each other. We pray for our church, for your church, for your bride, to be healthy, to be pure, to be holy, to be strong, to be all that you want us to be, Lord. This world needs to see your love, and we pray that it would... Uh, be manifested in our church family, Lord, that all who come through the doors would know that Jesus is here, that these are his people. And so, Father, as we study your word, we pray that you would lead us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we, we can do all the planning, but if it's not your Holy Spirit, then it's just man planning. So we pray that you would speak to our hearts this evening mightily. Give us humble hearts to hear. Pour out your grace, may it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. All right, so 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. Now, there's so much to say about what is going on in the world today. Amen? Can you imagine, like, putting it all down in an outline uh, if you were to teach on what's going on in the world today? We're living in very dark times. You guys are mature enough to know this. Very dark times. But yet, no matter what is said from this pulpit, I pray that, that it is, that you, that you leave with hope, that you understand that the Lord is on the throne and that he is not on sabbatical. He sees what's going on in the world. And throughout our Bibles, both Old and New Testaments, they, they teach us that he's going to judge the wicked for their sins. No one gets away with anything. People think they do, but they, they don't. God sees. And, and for those who are brokenhearted and open to receive the salvation of the Lord, he welcomes the sinner and says, come to me so that I can make your sins that are red like scarlet, white as snow. And so I, I hope that you understand this. Uh, I know that you do. Uh, but the world is filled with lawlessness and wickedness. Uh, of every sort, and and to to try to like discuss 
the wickedness of this world, we would probably be here a very long time. I mean, you, you, you just think of it, which I did. I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, oh my goodness, what do I share? Lord, show me. The Apostle Paul in Romans 16, 19, 16, 19, says that God wants us to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. That's wise, wants us to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And if you look up the word simple there, uh, concerning evil, it, it, God is, is saying that he doesn't want his people to, to mix with uh, the evils of the world. He doesn't want the evil of this world to affect us. He doesn't want us to, to obsess over it or to dwell uh, with it in order that it takes our joy and our happiness. It's just, it's just he doesn't want it to affect us negatively. That doesn't mean that he wants us to be naive concerning the evils that are around us because we have the answers to the wickedness of the world, and it is salvation through Jesus Christ. It's repentance of sin and salvation through Jesus Christ. That's why he came. He came to save the world from its sins. And so he doesn't want us to be naive. He just doesn't want us to dwell on it like we've all done, I'm sure, at some point in our walk with the Lord, or just totally focus on all the bad that's happening. And... Um, but then there's the other end of the spectrum where there's believers who don't know what they're just living in a, in a, in a shell or, 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 or like an ostrich with their head in the ground and not really seeing what's going on in the world. So God wants us to discern, especially when you think of eschatology, you think of the book of Revelation, you think of all the warnings. They're not saying to be warned by, warned, warned of, of by good men. It's like they're, they're saying beware of, false prophets and deceitful men and, and deceitful women and false brethren and all of these things. And so it speaks concerning to the behaviors of the wickedness of people. And so the Bible doesn't shy from it. He, the, the Lord lets us know, be careful, beware. And so great evils are happening today, as you know, and uh, we are heading towards, if there's anything that I would want to be warned about, it's the 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 obvious thing is that we are heading towards a one-world government. We are heading towards a one-world one government by which we have been told and warned, foretold by the Lord uh, throughout Scripture. It's, it's there, it's everywhere, and we get to live in these exciting times where it's exciting because, uh, in the one sense, because it means the Lord's coming back soon, but in the, uh, on the other hand, it's like really uh, concerning that you just cannot believe what happened the last three years, right? With our country, with the world all shutting down. But we are heading towards a one-world government, a centralized government that will govern all, and that government will be handed to the Antichrist. And it will be handed to the Antichrist, and we know that Satan's going to do it. The Antichrist is coming, for sure. In Revelation 13, uh the Lord will refer to him as the beast. And we are told that the dragon, which is Satan, gives him power, gives him uh, a throne, gives him authority, great authority. And uh, we're told that he's going he's gonna to be wounded by a sword, probably going to attempt to take his life. 
to kill him. But then he's going to be miraculously healed. And the people of the world are going to, in response to that, they worship Satan. They worship the dragon, we're told in Revelation 13, who gave authority to the Antichrist, to the beast. And they will worship the beast and they will worship uh, Satan. And the people on earth, according to Jesus, will be saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he is given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemy. So he's going to be a, a great orator. He's going to, and it's not just that he's going to be a good speaker. It's going to be demonically inspired. Demonically, there's going to be a, you know, hypnotized style, the people on earth concerning what he says. They're just going to buy everything that the guy says. And it says that he will uh, speak with great words and uh, with great things and blasphemies. And so he's going to be saying wicked things against the Lord. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months, which is three and a half years. And it's speaking of that seven-year uh, tribulation period in the end times, uh, what Daniel speaks about in the middle of that in three and a half years. It says, then he opens his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And so we know that that's going to take place in Jerusalem as the promise of a third tabernacle being built there, temple in uh, Jerusalem. Jesus spoke of this time in Mark 13. He said, so when you see the abomination of desolation, and he's spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. And so, again, that warning from the Lord, the prophet uh, Daniel, the Re Revelation 13, in the middle of the tribulation period, the Antichrist is going to go into the temple of the Lord and desecrate it. And at that moment, the world will know and he will declare himself to uh, have the world worship him as God. And so uh, that's when uh, Jesus says, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. And it's speaking of his own people, the Jews. And so it was granted to him, the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And those saints are speaking of, of the Jewish people. And all who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. And so uh, who's going to worship him? Those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. And how do you have your name written in the Lamb's book of life? By faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what we promote here. Put your faith in Jesus. Make sure your name's in his book. Amen. Then another evil man will appear, we're told in Revelation 13. The other beast, the false prophet, who is kind of a sidekick of the Antichrist. In Revelation 13, 13, it says of the false prophet, sidekick here, of, uh, of the Antichrist, it says that he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast 
who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. The only way one can make it to heaven during the tribulation period is to reject the mark of the beast and to reject worshiping uh, the Antichrist. And I remember a pastor saying long ago to me in my early walk with the Lord, if you cannot live for Jesus Christ today, what makes you think that you can die for him during the tribulation period? So it's important to give your life to Jesus. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. And so he's coming, and we can read about him and, and, and learn about the signs and, and learn uh, about uh, uh, and be aware so that we can watch out because he's going to, you know, be the leader of a one-world government. One world. He's in charge. You cannot buy or sell. You can't do anything without them knowing. And so we see the signs today. We see the desire of elitist globalists who want to have control over this world. They want to dominate this world. And they want to do it through technology because now we have the technology. My goodness, I remember 20 years ago being at Costa Mesa and hearing you know Chuck, Chuck Smith <laughs> tell us about some of the technology then. Now it's out of control. You see how the CCP has the people... In, in China on lockdown and using drones and, and, and all kinds of sophisticated uh, technology to imprison people, to surveillance them, where you can't, you know, everything is watched. And, and they are praised by the globalist. And it's, and it's something that we know it's biblically going to happen. I just shared with you, it's going to happen. So we're not one of those who say we're going to usher in the kingdom of, of heaven here on earth, which some uh, churches claim they are. We're, we are to live holy and pure lives. And we are to share with people that there is no hope for this world. It's going down. The only hope for mankind is faith in Jesus Christ before it's too late. We know of the Antichrist, according to Daniel 11.37, he, he shall regard neither the God of his fathers nor the, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall exalt himself above them all. That's Daniel 11.37. He will regard neither God, the God of his fathers, and he won't desire, have a desire for women. I'll say more to that uh, later. In 1 John chapter 2, John the Beloved says in verse 18 through 23, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, 
Even now, many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. And so here in 2 Thessalonians, we'll continue, verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. So the church of Thessalonica, there were some who believed that the day of the Lord was at hand, that Christ had come, and that they had missed the rapture of the church that Paul spoke to them about in the previous letter in 1 Thessalonians. They felt that perhaps it had, it had come and gone, or they were in it, they were confused about it. Uh, they were a heavily persecuted church, and because of that persecution, they thought, well, is this God's punishment on us, the church? But no. Jesus said that we would be persecuted when we preach and stand for his truths. The persecution that we face is from the world and from the devil. But God does not persecute us. God loves us. He will allow it sometimes to test us, to train us, to build us up, but we go through it, right? But they thought, well, look at all of this. Are we in it? And I'm sure there's a ton of Christians today who think we must be in the tribulation period. Look at the madness that's going on with, uh, uh, what, what is that, that uh, pedophile uh, company that just came out, Valencia, right? And they're hooking up with Disney Plus and there's just, I don't want to start mentioning because it's everywhere. I'd be here all day. There's just so much madness. But this year, I promise you, in the Lord, by his grace, that we're going to talk a lot more about the times that we're living in. That's, that's my, my, my New Year's resolution as a pastor. We want to talk more about what's going on in the world because it's coming quicker than quicker than we can put a study together. It's like, burn that, now it's something new. So it's always something new, you know? And so we'll have, you know, maybe prophecy updates every month or something. It's just so crazy now, but we need it. We need to be ready because he's coming. Um, and so when he says here, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together, that's speaking of the rapture, as, as he spoke earlier in the previous book, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 through 17, Paul said, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, harposled in the Greek, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And so the rapture of the church, it's, 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 it's happened with a couple of people. Who are they? Enoch and Elijah are two that never died. God just took Enoch. Boom. You don't die. You just go home that way. And the same with Elijah. Chariot of fire. Adios. And he went up without seeing death. So Paul says to the church, listen, when, when the Lord is going to pour out his wrath on a Christ-rejecting world, he's not going to punish us with everybody else. He's going to take the church out of here. In a twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. And so they thought they missed the gathering, but no, they, they had not missed it. And so... Um, 
That's what he's telling them. He said, not, not to, don't be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. And so others were, were speaking, uh, you know, uh, wrongly towards them and, and, and wrongly proclaiming things to them. So we want to be a church that are like the Bereans who tested if these things were so according to scripture, that we don't just believe everything that the pastor says or, or a Christian says or, Someone or a friend says, look in the scriptures to make sure that, that they, are, they are true. And then he says in verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means. And Jesus in his Olivet Discourse said the same thing. Let no one deceive you. There's anything that God wants us to hear tonight is let no one deceive you. We are in the most deceptive times, I believe, in the history of, of our planet. The deception is crazy. And remember that Satan comes as an angel of light. Doesn't always come looking like the bad guy. He comes often, you know, cloaked in righteousness. So you have to really know the word. And, and, and as long as you're loving Jesus and seeking him and reading your, your Bible, the Lord will give us discernment. He does. Let no one deceive you by any means that that day will come unless the falling away comes first. And that word falling away is apostasia in Greek, which, which means departure. Uh, apostate is to depart from, from a truth that you once held to. Now, some believe that this is referring to the rapture and there's some great, um, I don't know, there's some, I should say, there's just opinions out there, commentaries, but I believe it's speaking about the apostate church. That as we get closer to the Lord's return, more and more churches are going to be watered down, are not going to be upholding to the word of God. You, you see these, these pastors, you've seen them, you know you've seen them, I've seen them, maybe you haven't seen them. You know, these like celebrity pastors who are pinned down by Larry King or Oprah or somebody, and they hit them up about something that's plain like homosexuality. And they, and they buckle. I don't want to talk about, you know, things that are controversial because it just, we're trying to unite people, bring people together, and that just pushes people away. The Lord says that's an abomination. These folks are, are ashamed of the gospel. They are ashamed of the medicine that God has given mankind to be saved. And these pastors, you see them, you see they're out there. There's some good ones. But you'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. Our Lord walked around Galilee. It was like, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, you know, and if you don't repent, you will perish likewise. How many times did Jesus say that? I mean, he's at a lot of churches today. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm on the outside. Can I come in? And they're not letting them in because it's a business. It's about filling the seats, keeping people comfortable so they get paid. So anyhow, let no one deceive you by any means that the day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the 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 so the apostate church will go will will happen more and more. How do you discern? Well, is what they are practicing and saying found in doctrine? 
And many will make a whole, uh, you know, uh, denomination over like one verse. The Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. So you want to take the whole Bible as a text from God. And what is the heart of God in the matter? What are they practicing? You see churches where people are flipping out and running around and falling on the floor and making crazy noises and twitching. And, and they, they tell me that's the Holy Spirit. And they say that because, oh, remember when Jesus was arrested at the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, who are you? Who are you here for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. And they all fell the back and were slain in the spirit. But you look at the video. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweetheels.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.